Hello, dear sister in Christ. My name is Pat Domang. I'm founder of On Fire Ministries. And at On Fire Ministries, our mission is to ignite a passion for Christ in the heart of women and to inspire them to apply God's word to their everyday life because I believe that God's word really does work. So today, I want to invite you to join me as I share 11 basic premises of my Christian faith in Jesus. So last week, I had received an email from someone asking me, what do you believe in? And I was somewhat taken back with the question because I thought, surely I have said what I believe in enough ways and enough times that everyone who has any connection with me knows my answer. But obviously I was wrong. So I decided I needed to really address that question. So my answer to the question My answer to the question, what do you believe in, requires a rephrasing of the question to who do you believe in? You see, the basis of all my beliefs is founded fully in the person of Jesus Christ. So allow me to use Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 15, 3-4. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. The gospel in and through Christ Jesus is exactly what I believe in. I believe in Jesus and everything that I think, say, and do finds its way back to the person, work, and word of Jesus Christ. When I think pure and godly thoughts, it is because Jesus changed my thinking. When I think unholy thoughts, Christ convicts me to allow me more of his transformation in my life. When I say words that reflect the truth of God, it is because Jesus actively teaches me that he is the way, the truth, and the life. However, I am also aware that my words don't always reflect Jesus. And in those times, I look to Jesus to once again extend me his grace and his mercy. So when I act in obedience to Jesus, his will and his word, this reveals the spiritual transformation that Jesus has done in my life. And yes, still there are times when I act based on my own flesh and my own desires. And even those actions point me to Jesus because I recognize my transformation Transformation process has not been made complete, and I desperately need him to continue working in me until that day when I stand before him. And even in that, my belief and my hope for my spiritual completion finds itself deeply rooted in Jesus and in the work of Jesus. Philippians 1.6 says it all, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So Christian faith is based on who we believe more than what we believe. True Christian beliefs should always point to the person of Jesus. In reality, we can have faith based on deeply held beliefs in something other than Jesus. Even atheism is a premise of faith by believing that there is no God. Atheism defined is disbelief or lack of belief in the existence of God or gods. While the definition shows a lack of believing, we surely can see and hear that atheism is rooted in a belief system. Faith defined is the complete Complete trust in someone or something. So while the atheist doesn't 
put their complete trust in someone, namely Jesus. They put their trust in their belief that God doesn't exist. This is beyond unfathomable to me and always has been. You know, even before I trusted in Jesus, every baby born, the beauty and the majesty of creation, and then this deep knowing within me always has testified to the existence of God. Romans 1.20 addresses this very thing. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his external power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. So first and foremost, my faith is in the person of Christ and the 11 basic premises that I am about to share point to Jesus as the cornerstone of my Christian faith. So number one, Jesus Christ is the word of God. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Word of God. Rarely have I taught a Bible study or spoken to a group where I didn't bring up the fact that Jesus is the Word made flesh. For me, there's just no more foundational element of what I believe and why I do what I do than what John 1, 1 tells us in John 1, 14. John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Then John 1, 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, just so you know, I have written a much more detailed account of my beliefs about Jesus in a past blog post called Son of God, the True Identity identity and divinity of Jesus. So you could check out a little bit more detailed understanding of this one point that Jesus Christ is the word of God. Now, the second basic premise of faith, my faith and my Christian faith in Jesus is that Jesus is unchanging. You know, we live in a world that changes on a dime. People's beliefs, people's standards change based on feelings and based on experiences. And I love the fact that nothing changes God. He always was, he is, and forever will be the same. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The state of our world and anything that happens to us in the midst of this world or even hereafter does not change Jesus. Personally, I find a lot of peace. I find a lot of hope and even confidence in my daily life because of the fact that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the third premise that my Christian faith belief system is based on is the word of God is absolute truth. This statement motivates everything I do in ministry. I believe that the Bible is God's word given to us in tangible form as a way to know him. Knowing his word has set me free from a multitude of junk in the past, and it still works in me today. John 17, 17, Jesus said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And he said that while he was praying to God the Father. So not only is this a basic premise of my Christian faith, but I have experienced the truth of God's Word in a way that I cannot keep it to myself. I talked about another blog post that I wrote 
in the past was the authority of God's word is the reason for the hope that is in me. And that explains that even in greater detail. So if you're interested in reading that, it would be another great blog to look at. The fourth premise that I base my belief system on is that salvation comes through Jesus alone. It's interesting how this point often hits us as the issue to contest because we want there to be another way. However, God himself provided the avenue for our salvation by shedding his own son's blood. Jesus, being God, took our punishment for our sin upon himself. No human can be made right apart from the shedding of blood. And Jesus shed his own blood for anyone and everyone who would ever believe in him for salvation. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So why is it that we would ever want any other way than God providing for us salvation? The fifth basic premise on which I base my Christian belief system is that there is no one righteous apart from Jesus. You know, with so much talk over the past few years about self-worth and self-esteem, we can see that the American church binged themselves on a good enough theology kind of diet. And the problem is we are not good enough apart from Jesus. So when we tell someone that they are good enough apart from the justifying work of Jesus Christ, we really dull their senses to God drawing their attention to himself. Romans 3.23 says, Says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. A person with no sense of their own inadequacies, weaknesses, and yes, sinfulness has no reason to look to Jesus. That person mistakenly believes that what they have within themselves is enough. And that may very well be the lie that the Laodicean church had believed in Revelation 3, 14 through 22. Revelation 3 through 17 really says all that we need to see about this point. Jesus told them, but you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing. And you do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Okay, so the sixth premise on which I base my Christian faith is the fact that there is a cost for sin. You know, no matter what, dear sister in Christ, we need Jesus. Because as we saw in Romans 3, 23, we all sin, every single one of us, and sin separates us from our holy. God who loved us and died for us even while we were still sinners. Romans 6 23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So if you happen to be a major sinner like I was when I first met Jesus, when I first came to Jesus, you might tend to focus on the wages of sin is death. And I'm talking to you out of experience because I remember just feeling like I had been so bad all of my life that the only thing that stood out to me out of Romans 6.23 was the fact that the wages of sin is death. And on the opposite side of that spectrum, if you live legalistically following rules, you too may often focus on the first part of Romans 3.23. And I want to encourage you, wherever you are, to rest in God's gift. Whether major sinner or legalistic rule follower, embracing God's gift and trusting in Jesus relieves the weight and the pressure off ourselves and off of our own actions. So the seventh basic 
basic premise for my Christian faith is that Jesus paid the price for sin. So definitely we got a cause for sin. So someone had to pay the price. Well, I believe fully and completely that Jesus did it. It's just that simple. True Christian faith believes the gospel. What's the gospel? That 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 4 that says Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Number eight, basic premise of my Christian faith. Jesus died for all and now he lives. So far, we have repeatedly addressed Jesus' death. However, the fact that he lives also makes a huge difference for us today. I hear that old hymn faintly playing in the background of my mind. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. You know, this song speaks of the treasures of our Christian faith and what it affords us when we look to the fact that Jesus lives. Romans 6.10 says, For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Hebrews 7.25 tells us that he He is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. Rejoice in the fact that the one true living God intercedes for you in your day-to-day life here and now. The ninth basic premise on which I have found my Christian faith to rely on is that Jesus came to give abundant life. You know, everything about Jesus' purpose statement in John 10, 10, I have experienced. I have come that they may have life and that they may have life more abundantly. If you're a believer in Jesus, but you haven't experienced the abundant life he came to give us, I wonder if possibly it could be based on the limited expectations that you may have regarding Jesus and what he offers. I also wrote another blog in the past about that. What do you hope for? Do you have limited expectations? So it'd be a great place to go if you're one of those that's really struggled to experience the abundant life in Christ. Well, today I do want to finish with a two last basic premise of my Christian faith. In my next podcast, I will begin to break down these and deal with these. But the 10th one is through faith in Jesus Christ, we receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 3.14 says that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And then the 11th one is the Holy Spirit's dwelling in the heart of believers is the power to fulfill God's call. Acts 1.8 says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Well, next week, we will discuss these last two points, and we'll focus on that promise and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us. But before I say goodbye today, I would like to invite you to join me on your favorite social media platform, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, to get daily morning prayers and biblical encouragement for Christian women. And also check out my 
my website on fire-ministries.org to read my blog, to get free biblical resources, or to find a Bible study for yourself personally or even for a group study. Now, another thing I would ask you as I'm ending, would you please take a moment to rate and review and share this podcast with others? Because it really helps others to find it and maybe it is the very words that someone else needs to be encouraged in their faith today. And with that being said, have a blessed and beautiful day.